0: I was young. Welcome to Into the Mirror, your top podcast for healings, transformations, and brave new awakenings. My name is Alexander, and this is the end of season six, and I'm doing it because it's in honor of letting go and healing. And the you know healing for me comes in waves. You know, I go plateau and then up and then up, and it takes time. So this past year, I've really worked through a lot of stuff, and this podcast has been really cool because it has grown, and you know it. Surprisingly, more people listened to it than I thought, which is cool because I'm being authentic and truthful. And today I want to talk about that truth and courage and all the bullshit that I told in my life, you know, and why. And I think you, people can learn a lot from, I mean if you listen to my story, there's a lot anyone can learn. I learned a lot, and I made a lot of, lot of mistakes took a lot of persistence, you know, I, so I want to go back and I want to just go through a couple of events and show just the truth and the courage and the change. And, you know, so when I was younger, I remember the first time I really lied. And I don't mean the little lies to, you know, the first lie I really told, which was awful. And it was over a traumatic event. It was with my dad who's passed away. And I remember because I didn't feel safe, and this, I it hurts saying this, but I didn't feel protected around my dad at this time, and he he did nothing wrong, but they're just protecting me from other stuff. And I remember I was speaking to him in this event, and I lied to him. I didn't tell him how hurt I was. I didn't tell him how what happened to me, and I was afraid, and I was afraid and scared, and I lied to protect myself or I thought I did, right? So that vibration, that lying, that time to protect myself was literally the same event that led for me a lot of my opioid use, my addictions, all kind of go back to that first pain. And I didn't see it so clearly for so long. I always knew trauma and this shit affected your stuff. But I Didn't see how like every time I was injecting fentanyl or heroin or whatever the opioid of the week was, I totally was running away from these events. I was trying to protect myself, to insulate myself, to not feel those things. I'm a true empath. I feel things deeply. And I know everyone is an empath whether or not they actually recognize it or have the consciousness to see how it affects everything, that's that's their story and that's up to them. But I know that my thoughts, my words, my actions absolutely affect the world around me. And there's no such things as secrets. The I mean, the, the context of the secret, yes, but the vibration that it carries is always there. And so I started lying at that event and I ran away and I forgot about it for a while. And You know, I was prescribed uh, opioid one point and I loved it. I took those things and that fear, that shame, that shit from that past, I could breathe. I was like, even though opioids literally suppress your breathing ability, slows it down. But, you know, slowing my breathing down was actually what I needed to learn how to do. I just needed to do it or learn how to do it on my own without the chemical, you know, support. But so I took those opioids and they worked and I was prescribed them and I didn't have to lie so much. I had headaches and pains and stuff. So I kept getting them and uh, opioid epidemics always been around. I mean, since Alexander the great in battle on and beyond opiates, opium, all that, it's, it's a very addictive substance. And I can tell you because it insulates you from those feelings. I, they, it didn't heal me, but it definitely let me escape that feeling for a few. For, I used to say it. I hate living my life four to six hours at a time. That is the, you know, the average half flight. Never mind. Painkillers typically will last four to six hours and I would feel okay. And then it would wear off. And then, you know, tolerance builds because resistance, your body's trying to protect you and help you. So it gets better at the things you do consistently. And that means your body, just like exercise, if you run a lot, you'll see your body gets really in shape and able to do, it can handle a lot more. And that same method, that same thing that happens and everything is happening with addiction and tolerance. So tolerance goes up, you need more, you have to start lying, right? You have to lie to get your shit. You have to pretend to get those drugs. You have to lie, there's no way around it. And it makes me so sick to think about The lies I told, I have told some utter betrayals. I mean, things that I still carry shame for and I've really worked to forgive myself from it. A lot of these things are from people that have passed away or in a way they have, you know, quit from being in my life because of the crap I used to cause. And, you know, I've since learned that it wasn't all my fault. That's the one thing about accountability and truth is once you get rid of the shame and you look at the events Realize it wasn't your fault to that degree. You have an accountability, a choice, but you are not. I mean, thank God I don't have to deal with all that control and power. You know, so as I lied through my addiction, you know, I would get. I started manipulating the system. I started writing um, fake prescriptions. I was I gotta be nineteen years old, and I ran out of Vicodin, and I saw. And I know a lot of people have written fake scripts, but you know, I used that my. Intelligence, which is something I have, but you know, deception and intelligence. I, I, honesty is so important to me, and I was so deceptive. But I didn't know how to get peace in this world, right? Without that, no one had taught me anything. The only things that I was taught was religious dogma, shame, guilt, regret. And I thought because of the way it works that it was all my fucking fault. And that is part of the f- issue with society, with dogma, with those things. So doesn't justify my deceptions in those things. And honestly, for for writing scripts for myself, for the system, I don't have any. I have no shame for that part. I really don't. The shame I have is the deceptions I told myself. You know, the fear and the shit I had to work through and what I did to my family when I got busted. Why not, uh, you know. The, so I got... I wrote those scripts and I did that for a while and it got a lot more drugs. But with the more drugs came more people, more people wanted me to do that. And then the whole risk evolves and, you know, escalates. And I was only trying to support a habit. I wasn't trying to deal drugs. You know, I just, I mean, I had a heavy level of addiction. I was on oxycodone at the time, like 800 milligrams, which is, that's a lot. You know, 16 times, it's like 150 percocet a day you know, and it didn't even work anymore, I was, so I started, I wasn't at this point, my body was really able to handle drugs, so overdose, overdose doesn't typically happen, I mean, it happens when you are injecting or swallowing drugs, typically smoking, typically these other snorting doesn't actually cause the same overdose effect, because injections, it's all into your body, you bypass all the systems, and that drug's in you, food, you swallow it, you take too many, you don't know how much is going to go into you. So it's like, anyway, as you move up the escalator of drug addiction into the higher and higher grade opioids, and believe me that what by the time I got to using those high grade opioids, I was so addicted that they didn't do anything except for keep me what they people call the word well, you're not high, you're not sick, you're well, and that is where that's where I tried to live my life or I was stuck living my life for so long but deception and courage so I tell these lies and I could have such extreme courage in life at times I when I knew the right thing to do but there was years of my life I I can tell you the truth and the courage that I learned now I had no idea I mean I had no idea what it what it feels like now to be so authentic, to know why I feel a certain way, to be able to express it and to not have to be afraid. So after I broke, started breaking the law, the fear level goes up fear. Oh my gosh. Awful fear, paranoia. I wasn't a stimulant user. I don't, I never liked those. I mean, I would use them only to add to drugs or things like that, but they, i don't like fear i already have had to master enough thing in this i feel everything so a stimulant typically isn't the way to go when you feel everything so uh, an opioid i suppress all those feelings and it gave me peace you know but i didn't know a couple of things like I, my trauma those events the why i was lying and i could see I, yeah i had to lie to get my drugs and duh but there's a lot more to it the deceptions that go into these things and as you increase in the drugs, you know, you go from- knock the mic off. Um, you go from drugs, make sure the mic's on. Um this app changed its interface, so I'm trying to make sure that everything is good. But anyway, I'm going to just go with it. <laughs> All right. So back to the podcast, I, as you lie, you know, and you tell lies and you couldn't, I was living in Utah. I was, I wasn't going on a Mormon mission. So there's that shame element. I never wanted to do my religious stuff. I believed in God and spirit, but I never felt comfortable going out. Funny, never felt comfortable going out and teaching a religion, something I didn't truly believe in. Honesty. I actually was honest. This is where it gets... Cool. So the deception that I told in those things, you, you get worse and worse. You're hiding from people. You, you Even the drugs you're doing, you, like, you move up to heroin. And this was before the heroin sprouted. So there's a period of time about in the 2010 era when oxycodone in prescriptions were way up. They were over-prescribing. And then the DEA comes in and stops all these doctor feel-goods and all this stuff. Um, So heroin was made Readily available at that time, but it was still harder to find in cities other than like big main cities. You had to you had to go out into the darkness, and that's something I would do. I I would do anything, you know, aside from like murder, rape, and all these things. I would lie however I needed to, and then to get the substances I needed to find that relief. Right, so I'm I have to remember that that like I really was tortured for a decade i mean i judge myself sometimes for not figuring it out until later for not figuring it out until i was in fucking prison you know like and i mean i figured it out in pieces in waves but that i ended up in such a scary dark place right a very scary prison is not a place not for the not a place where people that aren't authentic want to go so this is our courage and truth and all this lines up but you know my story's long i had a lot of what relapses i had a lot of attempts at getting better and i had a lot of successful periods too that taught me bits and pieces you know that's where black and white thinking and that shit you have to throw it out so you have to throw out black and white thinking because you're never going to there's not a such thing as sober or not sober there's that's a choice that's a where you choose it to be and that's not justifying drug use or anything like that people that like to white knuckle it and be all that crazy that's fine you know but i would say a wise person uses what's available to help them heal you know and so that's where stigma judgment Religion, 12 steps, not always 12 steps, not always religions, but there is a lot of shame and dogma in those vibrational places. Um, So as I lied, as I lied, cheated, and stole, you know, stole, didn't, it, like it always escalated. The deceptions got worse and worse. And like I said, I, was, I wrote scripts and I ended up getting busted. So I started, I went to my first court stuff and that was terrifying. Like I remember, and this is a, I was watching Shawshank Redemption before this court case and I had to be 20, 22, 21 and just crying, you know, like scared I was going to go to prison, get raped and all this stuff. And, you know, I, it was all illusion. I mean, those are possibilities for sure, but they're all fear. It was all fake, but that fear fucking ruled me. That deception ruled me in that same deception i told to everyone else i was telling to myself i just thought that i was you know that, that there's a picture in my mind from a poster as a childhood where someone it says honesty and it's like some kid painting themselves painting a room but being painted themselves into a corner and it's you know that is how deception works but honesty for me i found out isn't is not even close to you know, this is the truth and this is not. This legal truth because legal truth is not moral inner truth. Legal truth is deception. I mean, it's fucked. The system is messed up and it's broken. Whether or not it was meant to represent something and help us, it has effing enslaved us. That was religion and this society is melting from the inside out. You know, fear and all that stuff. So I got we'll get off track because i feel passionate about stuff but anyway this the way it worked i i would get these attempts i would get sober i would detox off these opioids right and i would start feeling all this fear and all these energies and you know that same reason to use those drugs would come back i i never i always when you're high you want to be sober and then when you're sober you want to be high it's always this switch and i learned with opioids or drug addiction the way the brain and the hierarchy of needs works you opioids become like the number one source or any drug really that your brain thinks it needs honestly as much as air and so your brain like maslow's pyramid just gets inverted so drugs are there you have to have drugs like that is a base need and once that base need is filled then all the shit you were thinking about before comes back. So, but if you're not high, you're detoxing. You're always worried about getting the drug. You're not thinking about that shit either. So drugs, there's a mind fucks way it works. And it's, it's possible to get out of it. Clearly I, I got out of it. I I got out of the cycles, but it took a lot of work and I didn't have, I mean, honestly, I had great teachers, but they were always from afar or from lessons in life. I I never had a guru. I never had a church leader I thought was good. I I never felt safe in those places. I felt judged, and I really began to feel sick in those places. So to bring it back to deception, honesty, and courage, and all that, I remember I these stories. I would just tell these lies about stuff, and it was never like I could be so authentic about everything, but I would have to tell these lies To get these drugs. And remember the drugs represented peace and healing. So of course I will fight my fucking ass off to find peace, love and joy. And that's what I had to realize. I had to start honing that mind's energy. You know pulling it into me. You know not into this drug out here. This drugs and these do these things. And chemistry, chemistry, chemistry. It's a brain disorder. All of that shit. Whether true or untrue has to fucking go. The system's ideas, their other people's ideas, there's definitely wisdom. But you have to let go of the attachment to these ideas from the past. So even a religion. I had left the Mormon church and I did not. I don't believe in most the theology. I think there's good information. But I think those are just human things and love things and like the infinite God thing. Not just one right way to get to god that's absurd that's absurd the infinite ways yeah one way no but i will tell you this that truth truth is the only way back to yourself right so when you tell tell so many stories so many lies that extend like to that tree it's like a branch it branches out and you're growing this huge tree of deception and you have to you have to pull it in and It takes courage. It really does. I I get it. Quitting drugs doesn't have to be quitting drugs, but letting go of things we're really attached to. So like me, relationships and women, I, I love deeply. So I feel this connection to so many people. And I know they love me and care about me, but the intensity, you know, I would often feel rejected. And honestly, it always came because of deception and my self-rejection. So I had to Realize that people reflect what I'm thinking about. There's no question. They say, they. if you don't believe this, that's fine. But I'm telling you that we're all connected. Thoughts, words, actions, there's no way apart. There's no way you're not separate. You're not by yourself. Your thoughts, you have that space, but it's a shared space. And once I finally figured that out, I started seeing that. You know, where I'm at, the people I'm around, even if I'm not, they affect me, right? They learn this very quickly in jail cells. Holy shit. You talk, people talk about marriage. You're in a cell with this person that's angry and annoying and just not, you have to be in their vibrational field. And I learned a lot about being an empath from all that shit and but. The reason I learned so much about all that stuff is because I finally got honest. And as I got through my addiction, it's not that it was like black and white. It wasn't like, I am fixed. The fixing took exactly the same way the lies, you know, how it grew slowly. I had to pull it back in, you know. Oh, my God, that was this. This was this. And been like, I come on my face. because it was so, <sighs> but I get it. I know why I did it, right? I, I know why I did it. And it doesn't make the pain and the stuff I did any less there, but it does help me to release it and stuff. So as I went through the deception of addiction, I ended up in these rehabs and some were very nice with famous people. And then I all, all the way to the end of my story was forced into a broken treatment program in prison, which I didn't have to finish thank God, because I got honest, I got, I got my shit together, so this is what's so cool, is I, to fast forward all that shit, there was, the addiction escalated, the lies escalated, I ran from the law so many I was, I had once literally for like 10 years, just stupid shit, it sounds like I'm this career criminal, and yeah, I broke a lot of laws to get my addiction, but honestly, I never felt like I was, with the addiction part, I didn't feel like I could care less about the system and some of the dumb laws. I mean it. I do not give a crap if this broken legislation, these people that have no idea what the fuck they're talking about, right? When they talk about addiction and and they write these laws and this. Fuck that. Thank God for honesty because fuck that. (laughs) So as I learn. To break those laws. I mean, and that's what's funny. The shame I felt has nothing to do with that. The shame I felt was the people that I loved around me and the shame to my inner self, to that inner, inner child in me that was terrified of the darkness I had been creating and that I was experiencing. I mean, it wasn't like I. the lies kept me. I ended up in so many detoxes, rehabs, I thought overdoses all the time. They put me on suicide watch, and I was sick on and off all the time with other shit. I mean it. I so the lies and that stuff were part of the problem. But I was terrified. I got those warrants right once they're in the system, and even though I would face it, I couldn't get off of it. I could not finish probation because I could not get sober enough to actually get into my heart space. And that's why I ended up forced into a place like, you know, prison or jails or rehabs even, but. Prison and some more because you are done. You're if you're in a cell, you're by yourself. And the cool thing is, is you can learn to just detach, let it go, and that's what I I learned how to do. That all my passion, all my energy, I learned to breathe it in and yeah, say fuck off, but also forgive, right? Let it go. I um, as I started getting you know, my crimes, I started getting fucking worse and worse sentences, right, I would get, I had this charge, I got, I stole from my family, like, more than once, right, and I, my grandpa, who's passed away, and I, and I stole from them, and I had a lot of, a lot of money, and it was money they would have given me, I mean, it's absurd, and this was a long time ago, but, and I worked hard for forgiveness in this, right, because I, I was, I felt, I feel like the pain that I caused everyone, but mainly that awful, sad pain, the shit I lived in, that vibration I was in. I have to remember that. I have to remember what I was in when I made those choices. And I don't, you know, I have wisdom now and I use wisdom as much as I can, but I also know how environment, people, place, and things absolutely affect us. We get, we get in people around us their energy their ideas and that's why relationships can be so dangerous for trying to heal addiction because these people are so connected to you you don't you have to learn to untangle yourself from everything and untangling lies it took time so a whole decade for me right I literally spent a whole decade in bullshit I mean I did some cool things in between and I had fun at many times but for the majority I was you know, worried about, I was, I was doing heroin. I was injecting at this point point. later on. And so those are those barriers you start crossing, right? You cross these lines and you justify it because you like, for me, I started doing heroin out of economics, right? The cost. And you learn that those barriers, heroin or, or oxycodone, that itself is the fucking broken system telling you that one is okay and one is not. They're literally both are the same effects. I preferred oxycodone over heroin. So the judgments, the dark, gross heroin. Yeah, it's gross and needles, all that stuff. But you have to remember where that comes from. So like when I help people that are homeless and still I'm around it and I see people and I remember and I'm grateful for what I found. And I found the inner truth, that inner love, the divine love that is absolutely real. There is so much amazing love and peace out there. I mean, honestly, beyond the dark I experience, my joy exceeds the pain. Absolutely. I mean, that's incredible to say that because I was in a lot of pain. (laughs) So I broke laws, did those things, lied to people, and those people disappear and the people die and all this stuff. And then these conversations you wish to have, you never did, the deceptions I had to really learn how to let go, and i in in prison, jail, really. But learn, I this peace I started finding. I mean, I started. I I'm telling you, I savor some of those times I would meditate in my cell alone. I I had to change judgments and stigma. The the jail clothes became my yoga suit. You know, like I just start shifting my mind, mind, right? And it was like that one part of me said, "You're just lying, and making shit up," and I was like, "Well, what?" Is truth. Really? What is truth? Because I, as much as I told lies, I learned that truth is absolutely not the stupid ass stuff I learned as a kid. I mean, there's good, valuable stuff in everything. You can learn from everyone everywhere, and that's the grift is my gurus are everywhere and inside of me. You know, it's it's cool. So the story goes as the dishonesty and those barriers. And I know people that cross these lines and they don't have to be addicts to understand what I'm saying. We start justifying actions that we never, our heart knows is not in alignment with what we truly are. And like, I am a true believer in manifestation in miracles and energies and all these things. I've seen far too much stuff. Like I question it all the time, but I've seen far too much stuff to like not accept that there is a, beautiful, loving power all around us right now, no matter where I go or don't go, it's a choice. I choose it. And, but to get to this, I had to look through my shame, my stigma, my stuff. Like I forget that I, my teeth were falling out. So I did new implant stuff and my teeth are beautiful. They're awesome. But stigma and judgment, like I had covered my face for so long. You know, I remember in the last in my prison sentence i was meditating and i was changing my behavior i on like definitely it's it's but then all of a sudden like my tooth broke the decay that was already coming still showed up and i had these lessons in life that like that just showed me how shame and stigma and that stuff has to go so I learned, you know, these lies. Like my dad ended up passing away from a serious leukemia. You know, I was 22, 21, and um it was sudden. He he I remember he was diagnosed. It was my birthday. It was I remember because of the traumatic event, but the I remember how he wrote the text message and it's the last I think it's the last message that he ever sent me. And he he had a, he was really, he was really unwell, I mean, I was having these dreams about him dying before he got sick, so it fucked me up, by the way, like, I can't explain it, I blamed it on drug use, and stuff, but I, I saw my dad's death, and it was, uh, it, the whole stuff, I mean, it changes you, of course, but I, I think that. I I'm sorry. It's just a, the the wave of the bullshit that I lived in, and that that absolute pain, right? It's it was like, and I I and there was a period too that because of my deceptions and the bullshit I was in when my dad died, I, you know, I was so afraid of him seeing the things I was doing in seek sorry it's it's just how oh, my body releases shit even a ten year, decade or more later it's like it's right now and that's I mean that's part of the heart in honesty so I remember that I First of all, I'm so glad that I got, I, that I, I found peace that I found peace that's longer than four to six hours at a time. Um, so after that happened, the world, it just, it really stopped making sense. I mean, it, 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 I didn't know. I, sorry, I'm getting a little off topic because of the emotions and <sighs> so dishonesty and truth. So as the system and those things happened to me, I the lies I told they really, you know, they were destroying me. And remember, I I took a whole nother. I mean, honestly, a whole decade more after my dad died, you know, you think these things, but it got, it was, it got, it got a lot, not trying to like, it got a lot worse for a while before it got better. I, um, I mean, I never, I, I never knew the amount of how loved I am. I guess that that's part of deception is that it hides you from truths, good truths. Like amazing truths. And the heroin and the opioids and those things those are those are symptoms of of pain but the stigma and the judgments and the blame and the system like for me I I couldn't escape the claws of a fucking system. I mean I could never I would never and so the way like healing, like what the system does. And I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't know that uh, it's, it's, it's just not okay how we treat people and how we hurt people. I mean, it happens, but blatant. <laughs> judgments and stigmas you know so as I got I got in more trouble I before I went to prison I I'd already violated probation like five times for that one event from my grandpa even though my grandpa and my family had all made peace it had been done the system every time I would get to the end of probation or almost out of their claws, I would relapse and the system has no fucking grace. It's broken. It's broken. Karmic law. It's it's insane that we support those things. But fear, deceptions keep us from being tr- encouraged. Right? When you believe the deceptions, the lies you tell yourself, it takes a lot more fucking courage than you even thought you had. So I, I had this crazy meltdown. I had destroyed my life. I... I thought I'd lost everything. I had even lost my ability to use my name. I, you know, I wasn't even injecting opioids anymore. I was just, I, I was broken. I, to think that that's the life I thought I was gonna live. I, I got fake identification and all this stuff, and that I was gonna have to disappear. I mean, I left the country like one time running from probation. I mean, all these crazy things, these lies I did was all this fear. This fear because if I go back to that first painful event, what did I say? I I felt unsafe and I couldn't trust anyone. That I didn't understand the, a lot of things. And then you add all this religious dogma and sorry family forever religious, but the shame and the stigma, I, that religious stuff, that almost killed me. That did kill me several times trying to be something that I wasn't. And I i had a meltdown. I was in California and I lost my mind. Manic meltdown, crazy, sending all these crazy messages to people. And saying awful stuff, and I don't even remember most of it, but I do remember the feeling, terror, absolute terror. And the cool thing about it is that was the end, that crazy shit. It was like God hitting me in the head with a bat, (laughs) saying, all right, it's time to let these old things die. But the thing about letting things go is it doesn't happen instantly, and I had so many Levels to go through i I felt I felt like it was impossible. How could I get healthy and better after all those choices awful lies? How could I ever be considered honest? Why would I even try but something something inside me woke up. I remember i I remember in this crazy meltdown, I thought I died. I, I I thought the world ended, and for me, it did that day. Like I remember, I was running down the street in this manic meltdown, and I've told many people this story, and maybe some people listening know it. But like I said, I was on the run. So I had a warrant. I had warrants. I had. I couldn't use my name. I just total bullshit. I wasn't able to be sober enough to really do any work and how do you how do you get better when you can't even use your your name I mean in the system instead of being empathetic and understanding there is no understanding it's just awful broken logic broken logic repeat that it is broken logic it's not accurate the whole distorted reality that every like I thought I was lying I was but the world is full of deception everywhere so as I had my meltdown I saw the world end you know my I remember I was I ended up someone called the cops cause I was losing my mind and they um and I was seeing it was the first, I never really have straight hallucinations where I see things there but you get into like a dream state where you're in a different place and I saw the whole world burn. (laughs) It's very scary. And I died. Like I was running down the street. My skin melted. I thought, right. It's terrifying to think that this can happen. My skin melted. I, I dissolved. I felt every bit of the pain. But my truth was I was running and I was praying. And I, for some reason, knew I needed to pray. And so I died in this vision. And I remember I was standing in the middle of the fucking street like a like the people who see homeless talking to themselves. And I I died in that vision. I was dead. I was nothing. I was emptiness. And, and God was there. It was this infinite void, this blackness. But I knew God was there and asked me, what do I want? And I was like, I was like, I really, I want a shot to be my best self. I don't want to die that way because in my vision I it ended, right? So I um as I said that prayer, I woke up and starting and the world was back and all this craziness and then I was excited and manic and crazy too, mixed of psychosis but also truth. It was very strange to express this state because it was my it changed me. It was finally changed me like Finally, that inside of me was okay i it wasn't okay, but I knew it was gonna be okay and the process of getting honest I had to I had to be extradited, I had to go into California jails, which are <laughs> fucking tough, but I've never been someone to get like abused or used that way, uh, but I also am empathetic and kind, so it made it really hard in those places because there's so much pain so many people in awful scrapes, just like I was. And so I, I got arrested, I started meditating more and more. Remember, I learned meditation in jail previous times. And I liked I really loved it. I loved to sit in that peace. I mean, that's what I liked opioids for Right, was to sit there and just be okay. Just be okay. I'm here. I'm okay. You know, that fear is gone. But in my vision, some angels showed up. They were I was in the back of a cop car and I was talking to myself to this supposed angel. And I know for me in my heart, it was real enough. I changed me and the results, the fruits, you see it. My life is here now, me, healthy. And I had to go through a lot of scary shit. So as I went through the system, I didn't wasn't like the honesty was right there. I started honesty, but I had learned behaviors that I had to unprogram and it was not easy. I mean, I I thought I was nuts in jail and the depression in those states every bit. I knew, I don't know, something was lighting the way, (laughs) showing me these behaviors and these things in me that needed to shift and not because I was unworthy or bad, but because I'm powerful beyond any understanding. And that my words, when my heart and my brain are in alignment and it accepts things as truth, the whole world begins to shift. I mean, I have had miracles, and I started getting honest, but I wasn't. I I was being sentenced to prison, and I mean, to even say that the shame, like I. I meet people and I bring it up, but it's just challenging because I never thought that's where I would have been, but I'm so proud of myself for that. Fucking A, like, anyone can go through those situations and find, like, the love I found and not get into worse behavior because that's where inauthenticity, I mean, I would have died. In prison, I would have died if I wouldn't have gotten honest. It was fucking terrifying. I mean it, but but every time I made a choice to be more honest, whatever fear was there, the energy to meet that fear was there. It was always there and believe me it was tested. I, when I first went into jail, I was I was still trying to get like I you can't have access to much drugs, but I thought I had I was trying to come to terms with that crazy vision and so I was trying to over medicate with like horrible antipsychotics and stuff and like so I was still buying some pills sometimes and you buy them with like soups and you know that was part of unlearning behaviors and without you know a system that could actually help people and understand that like how we untangle things and how it takes practice and persistence but instead they lock you away in a fucking room somewhere and then think oh god someone's been in there for five years they're not going to be affected by that awful treatment and so i do have i have a true anger a truthful anger that is a powerful energy to remove the divisions that society and dogma and all the deceptions have created so i i just imagine this is funny as a future like my future Kids watching this podcast one day, but I guess maybe that's why I do a lot of this stuff. It's like a video log. I, I, I mean, so going back to my dad passing away. You know him. I don't have any videos with him. I don't even have. I have a couple pictures, but that's because I had an evil stepmom, another deceptive, evil, afraid person. What do fearful people do? They lie, right? So I got honest. I mean, honest, honest, not just this. I really got honest with what the fuck is going on inside me. I'm not going to live by other people's standards and their urgency and their, oh my God, we got to do, you guys have no idea what you actually have to do. That's all bullshit. And I say that because I get it. I, the bullshit, the lies, the, all that shit. So there's so many things that we believe about ourselves based in these old vibrations and feeling is way more than just the thoughts i like to say it a picture is worth a thousand words but a, a feeling is worth a thousand thoughts you know you have your feeling which is like the picture and then the context around it and so the vibrational change that you seek inside cannot be sought without truth <laughs> you can't lie your way through it and that's where manifestation and all this stuff belief creates reality true belief it doesn't mean what you're trying to tell yourself. It's what you've actually absorbed as a real thing. And I learned the power of thoughts and mantras. I mean, holy shit. As I went to jail and prison, one cool thing is I read everything and I loved it. I learned so much and I watched and I, I met some of people's true soul friends I've not had many friends around for a while. I've made so many deceptive choices. I didn't want to be around them and because I didn't want to have to lie anymore. I did not lie. Like lying, I had, I lied because I had to. There's a Loki, the Marvel series. Loki, I love it because he talks about this. how, And he makes a statement about, you know, I know I did those things wrong. And I know why I did them. And that's not who I am anymore. It's not who I ever really was. You know, those, the lies to protect myself. And I could, I know this podcast has been longer, but so as I got honest and truthful, you know, I had, I've had to go through waves of healing where old ideas, they all get checked. But as you start reprocessing stuff and, Like, I learned meditation, yoga, breathing, exercise. I learned all these things. All that harnessed addiction stuff that that I had such amazing persistence and power. But until I learned to let go of the shame, all that looked like a bad skill set. And it is when it's focused into those things. But addictive mind, fuck that word, by the way, addictive. Like, shut up. People are addicted to everything they don't even see it. <laughs> like that's one thing as an opiate addict you learn how feelings and energies and waves and one thing i learned as an addict that i learned in my thinking set is the power of not to overcorrect when you're dope sick you're really sick and you find your drugs and you get them and you do a lot more than you actually need and this is actually an economical thing once you learn to wait a second i feel really intense but I don't really need that much over dope, right? If I just do less, I actually end up with more later. And I mean, you learn these things. And I had to learn them through dark experiences like that. Luckily, other people don't have to learn through, you know, their thinking skill set and the way they used opioids and all that stuff. I, I'm proud of myself. I'm absolutely proud, but I'm not proud of the the hurt I caused, I don't, I'm, I'm, it's, it's taken a decade to come to terms with that. I mean, I have friends that are alive that I would love to talk to and they, they won't. And that's okay. I get it. I don't have to talk to people to heal things. I don't, that's where attachment and ideas like my dad, I know from the other side has taught me far more in this life than I think he could have alive And that's because, you know, the other side comes from within there. It's there. You have to go inward to find it. You can't talk to spirit without going into your heart. You can't think your way into those things. Thinking is a powerful tool, but it's not all the tools we've been given. We don't have to do as much thinking as you think. I like smart stuff. Believe me, you talk to me. I like crazy, exciting, fun stuff. But so... As I went to prison, I mean, in the jails, I had to learn to stand on my own, to stand apart, to be authentic. I remember one of the steps in my authenticity was I got to Sterling, which is a much more intense prison. And remember, I was a drug charges and theft, nonviolent, not sex stuff, nothing like that. But there's people like that around and learning that setting those barriers of they're bad, I'm good, is not a powerful tool for change. <laughs> it literally keeps you in divisiveness. And prison is full of that, where it's like, all the bad people who aren't did bad, but they point to like sex offenders and like they're worse. And yeah, that's a lot worse crime. But putting these blames, you start learning how judgment. If you judge your anyone, you're always judging yourself first. It's not I cannot extend an outer belief without going inward with it first. And when you can learn how empathy works this way, you'll learn how powerful it is to send love and to manifest those things. So I remember the white boys, you know, it's a a prison gang, uh, 211. um, Some of them, they had fallen apart by the time I was in prison. They're like, there's an awful crime that happened. And anyway, since I'm white and, you know, they would come and they check, they check your paperwork. They ask you, they learn, they Get to know you and if you're like some bad person with those bad crimes they'll extort you or they'll kick you off the yard they won't let those sex offenders be on the yard like there's lots of stuff like that and luckily I didn't have any of that but I was still terrified because they asked me to like hey you want to work out with us you know which is pretty much like if I spend time with these people I can't not be affected by these people so how do I set a boundary how do I get brave here I mean I'm by myself. It's like I'm in a war. Me solo and all these people. And I just want to get better. I just want to be better. I want to be free. And I don't mean just free of prison. I mean free of that fucking pain. So I want to be honest with people. I want to be friends. But I don't want to waste my time in bullshit. don't want to be in the, you know, I don't want to be in buying drugs anymore or breaking rules. I don't need to get into worse prison and so it's time to get honest because if i don't really get honest i'm not going to get out of this place the system's broken yes i accept that that is a sick place but the cool thing is this universe is not it's an amazing place and so i started meditating having these honest cleansing it was hard because you can't really cry like putting tears now i can shed energy in prison it's very hard because you feel like you can't you can't cry can't let anything out and if you do because you have been holding on to it for so long it will pour out of you so for me I learned the shower I'd go in the shower and breathe and spend a lot of time and luckily they had changed the laws by the time I was there where there's separate showers and it was the only place you could really be honestly like naked but naked inside itself where no one's gonna come bother you unless they're fucking weird creeps right so it's like (laughs) I spent time in there meditating and shedding tears and getting inward. And it's like, yeah, it's different. I had to be weird to survive in that place. And I don't mean weird. Like I had to be me, which according to there, it's weird. According to normal people out here, I'm weird. It doesn't – it's weird because I'm honest and loving and I've been through the dark and I still love the light. I love it all. It's it's amazing what we're capable of. So – I did, uh, you know, I started getting honest, and bit by bit, I, you know, I saw the white boys. So I became friends with people, and when I had the courage to be honest, right, to say, "Hey, no, I'm just gonna do my own time, stay in my lane." I appreciate it. I'll never, you know, but every man, it's scary. You get checked. You, I mean, when I first got into the prison thing after watching Shawshank Redemption like a thousand times, I mean. It's. I laughed, but it wasn't so funny. It was. Oh, how did this happen? I know how this happened, but now you know. I had understood the consequences, but I was still. I mean, they they give extensive amounts of time. America's fucked. They don't really have any help, any grace. So, like, even their drug treatment program was all people like it was like you had to tell on people there are all these weird ideas like they're sick it's like the worst church re. Uh, it's like the worst church rehab mixed together in a bunch of no one wants to be there <laughs> so you're like oh my god how do i find peace and joy in this place like my hair was thinning like, i was stressed i uh, my tooth fell out i mean now i look all pretty again <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, you don't want to be so beautiful in those places because honestly, there's, there's a lot of, there is dark energy and there's people that are like gremlins, <laughs> you know, like, holy shit. But it's not like judgment like that. It's just what it is. And it's okay. Like, you know, try to be kind to everyone. But so as I got honest. The universe showed up. The love, I started seeing unconditional love, feeling it. I started learning how to see when my cellmates, the energy they were feeling, the things they were thinking about. And the cool thing is, is if you're honest, those places are – it's like all the energy in those places that's this negative, right? Because it's built on this – once you harness your own energy, all of that shit you master. So this whole place full of all this strife and energy, all of a sudden – Fuck the fear. I choose faith. I choose love. I choose that no matter what. I don't care. I'm done. I'm not going to buy into this bullshit. You know, and prison, I thought it was just prison, but I learned that it's the world like that. People judge prison, but they treat people the same everywhere. It's just a little microcosm, macrocosm, you know, like a, a small environment to see the larger vibrations. And, so as I got honest, I started getting amazing graces. This—it's like my words that were so unpowerful, you know, for so long because I was so deceptive—became so powerful. So I learned to really watch my words. Not all it started with actions and words, and then it got to thinking. I was like, started honing my ability to focus and say, like. I'm worth way more than all of this. It doesn't I'm worth more than any bullshit billion the world. The thing is that I know for certainty is that I am here, that I feel love, and that vibration absolutely is real, like this practical prison sentence type of environment. Like so as I got honest, I had I got a year, all of a sudden I was been there probably a year and a half or two. I don't know, but I was supposed to be there for like six, but then all of a sudden these weird graces started happening. I got the sentence changed to five on its own, like it just happened because of alignment. And then as I got honest and the more I showed up, I was I got better cellmates. I got the bright people. I ended up with a, I ended up. This is awesome, uh, you know. A shower in this one, this new shower. It had like a waterfall shower is the only one in the prison set whole yard and i ended up with this water shower and this nice tiled shower with a bench and a single shower and i remember these weird graces i was so grateful and i could change the temperature and i could leave it on because they make they they made them like push buttons so i had to like make you take a spoon and you bend it and you can make these push button showers stay on all the way and that's because if not it's like one minute what a fucking broke system you guys mean I'm gonna have to you know they're trying to prevent people like me from using all the water but I don't care water I love so fuck off <laughs> you know so anyway I was so grateful to get these little graces right and i I had some setbacks i I wasn't the parole they sent me to a year program and i you know, but I didn't give up this time. I was like, wait, I can do this. I was like, I can do this. I, I, I've been here this long, I can handle it. So the coolest things happen. I I ended up getting released uh, suddenly, a year early. All of a sudden is my heart said, Dude, you're leaving here. My intuition, all these things started getting really powerful, but doubt and fear. I had to learn to question it. To be brave. So that's what I mean of all this. Truth and courage. As I got more truthful. And that took time. It took practice. And the shame that comes from when you like relapse into deception. I don't mean relapse drugs. I don't even think that old broken programming. I have 100 days of sobriety. But I want to blow my fucking brains out you know, I don't, I don't like that. I've been to a lot of treatment centers where literally I, I know as an empath and how I feel things like, of course, I'm not going to get totally sober around here. It's 20 people all broken in the same vibration and not a single real teacher. I've had actually one lady that I love Marianne. She's a woman and she would she told me I had to get honest before I went to prison. She's like, you need to go to a prison treatment program. She was just scaring me, but I ended up in a treatment. (laughs) And once I ended there, you know, I got that miracle release. I was paroled. And parole, which was three years, was done in nine months. Like all of a sudden, these things that I thought were impossible that were, I, I could never feel so good and be so free. I mean, I'm by myself. I learned how to, truly love myself. I have friends I love dearly and I would love to see them again, but you know, I learned how to let go and that's hard for me. I get attached, clearly. And <laughs> I like to do things over and over again that I like or that bring peace, you know, and or thought peace without the consequences, but but I learned that that honesty, my power comes from my story. My power and my friend Brody, who's on this podcast, told me that like your story is your power, man. You, But how do you tell your tr- story truthfully until you can get honest? So there's a lot of shit I had to go through and a lot of pains, a lot of losses, a lot of grieving that wasn't done the right way. And I had to learn how to get brave. My dog is... Oh, man. I was trying to get a picture. She has her face on the door. She's like, you have been talking for too long. Um... So stories as I got honest the love was there. I didn't get beat up or raped. I prevent. I almost anyone knows me. I almost start fights with people in the normal world because they're so mean. Like mean, like fuck off you idiot jerk bullies. I never like bullies by the way and I have no problem telling them that. That's the brother thing. Prison, I don't like bullies. And I have a tendency to tell the truth. And I was afraid I was going to pick a fight with like a gang. And all of a sudden, it doesn't matter. You have a 10 fucking little gang members beating your ass because you told them the truth.
1: <laughs>
0: so fear keeps you from being courageous. And the courage I found has taken time. It wasn't there right away. But as I got courageous, the same courage, that same peace that I was missing all the way from childhood was restored. I found things, and I found, I mean, so many gifts, I can't even get into that. But I just want to end that, like, this podcast, letting go of all those things. Starting, I'm going to go into season seven. I've been studying a lot of cool things, and that's what I want to get into. A lot of good energy work, meditation, manifestation, and the true power with miracles. It's real. But... um. Some of the stuff I want to talk about is deeper and it's harder to articulate. So it takes practice. So my story though, is that I'm full of love and joy and I am honest and yeah, I did lie. I did lie a lot and I lied probably the worst things sometimes. <laughs> and I, sometimes so there's people that in my past that I want to talk to, but then I think about them like, I'm honest now. How would I ever talk to them? <laughs> but um, anyway, I'm, I'm grateful because the universe is good. Love is good. There is so much good. I, I have that beautiful dog there that, you know, is staring at me. But remember in prison that I remember there's things like the dog program where dogs brought peace. And I'm just grateful to have a dog. I'm grateful to have things like that and to be healthy enough to have real relationships. And so I'm sending courage and truth to anyone out there that's struggling to tell the truth. And I mean, Go inside. Find out what you feel about something. And believe me, a belief can change. An idea can change how you feel about it, but it takes persistence. I mean, if ideas and emotions switched as quick as thoughts, our world wouldn't be very fun. That's, you know, like emotions saturate us. So let the love saturate you. Surrender. Open yourself up to this shit you're stopping. You know, no more... Lying to yourself and no more being like, you can be afraid, but you don't need to be. You don't need to worry so much. It's, I wish someone would have told me like when I was going through that, like a lot of the stuff I learned, I really do. I could grief, but that's the truth I have now and that truth I can share. And as I get older and wiser, I can share it even better. So sending love to my whole family and to my dad on the other side, I can tell Uh, yes he did see all the awful stuff I was doing but no more shame and you know because the shame was me I was carrying the deceptions so as I started carrying the truths, the world got truthful even though the system and dogma all that shit all those ideas all of that stuff is entangled with this immense fear in programming so guys It's time to wake up. I mean, really wake up. Remember who you are. And I mean, really, what are you? I asked that question, what are you? And meditate on it. But practice persistence. And, you know, I would say this, balance. So thank you for listening. I just was sharing truth and courage. And I hope there's something in the story that was helpful. And yeah, I will see you guys later.